today for the final edition of the 12 Rants of Christmas. Let's talk about one of the hot button topics of the past couple of years when it comes to dating. I want to talk about the ick. It's a term we all understand inherently upon hearing it, even for the first time. It was originally used in an episode of old procedural law comedy, Ali McBeal, to describe a co-worker that she wasn't attracted to, but the term was later popularized when it was used in Love Island, and since it's become a social media staple with people listing off seemingly innocuous reasons that immediately caused them to lose all attraction to someone that they were dating at the time. And look, it is a quite funny discussion to have with friends too. Like reasons that I've heard for people having the ick that stuck with me include having never heard of Biscoff, uh, basing every shopping decision they ever made about getting Tesco club card discounts, holding an umbrella and the wind blows it inside out, tripping in public then pretending it didn't happen. You just gotta laugh, guys. Come on, you gotta own it. Uh, having a joke fail in the group chat and just nobody responds. Regularly updating their Facebook status. I get that, that's fair. Who uses Facebook these days anymore? And finally, standing naked, waiting for the shower to heat up, which again, just impossible. That Like, we all have to do that, but hilarious. So yeah, look. It is a funny bit to reduce people down to the awkward shit that we all do and we all relate to. But having said that, the ick is something that I'm fundamentally opposed to. And I know what you're thinking right now. You're just opposed to it because you gave someone the ick before. And to that, what I have to say is, Fuck you, Jessamine. You know a lot of people will consider a guy stacking all of his loose change in neat little coordinated piles, quite organized, and the sign of a dependable, reliable lover who can make you very happy. But that's your loss now, isn't it? Enjoy your future filled with coin chaos. Maybe I think it's an ick for you to stand at the till at the spare and have to try to figure out, oh, is that a 50 cent or is that a 20 cent? I think the 20 cent is the one with the difference and the 50 cent is the one that's bigger. Fuck you, Jessamine. <clears throat> Jessamine aside, no, it's it's not the fact that I'm as open to giving someone the ick as anyone else makes that makes me disagree with it. I am a very, very confident person. But it's the fact that I think that it's actually a myth. Are there moments in our lives when we're dating someone and they do or say something that turns us off immediately? Yes, of course. That's why the ick awakens something within our core. But I don't believe it's the moment or the little detail itself that actually ended our interest. For me, what we feel is the ick is actually more the moment of realization and confirmation that no, we're not actually standing beside the one and we've just run out of patience trying to see if there's anything worth salvaging here. And if that happens to coincide with a moment of them acting geeky that'll make for a funny story later when we give our friends the gossip afterwards, then even better. To prove this point, I want to cite a moment that stuck with me from years. For a very underrated show on Netflix, you should definitely binge if you haven't seen it already, called Love. There's some mild spoilers here, but nothing too major. Again, I wouldn't uh, stop listening if you haven't seen it. In the scene that I'm talking about, Gillian Jacobs' Mickey is kind of basking in the next day afterglow of what she considers a successful hookup with Paul Russ Gus. She decides to surprise him by showing up at his Hollywood backlot job with a coffee the next day, but unbeknownst to her, one of the gorgeous actresses in the show Gus is working on has taken an interest in the recently single nerdy guy who's not used to that kind of attention. Gus's head is turned and he responds by acting a bit repelled when Mickey shows up, treating her like it was a bit of an intense stalker situation. Mickey is really confused at first, but eventually clock what he's doing and calls him out on it. And in the ensuing argument makes the point that stayed with me for years when she says, you know, if you liked me, you would love this. And that's 
Simple, but it's brilliant and it's so fucking true. The reality is that something that would be an ick with one person would probably be an endearing cute action with another if you were into that person to begin with. And let's revisit the bad date story I told earlier in this series in my rant about taxi drivers. I won't go back over it in full, you can listen to the episode itself if you want to hear the full story. If I'd have actually liked that girl, I might have texted my friend's group chat that night saying how adorable it was that she'd never tried chicken wings and how it's exciting that we've so much left to do and try. The part of the story where we ended up finding a dead body would be one that would be brought up at the wedding, where I'd also like to thank the taxi drivers of Ireland for abandoning us and letting us get some extra time to get to know each other. And it'd be the kind of mad first date story for the ages instead of fodder for a podcast episode for someone who, whose name I eventually forgot. And can we all agree on that much, right? So if that's the case and we know that to be the case, what's the actual harm in just having a few funny ick stories? The problem is that ick culture has now become a staple of dating. It's a trend, an essential part of every girl's group chat involving singletons. Uh, people have gone from obscurity and fame to fame and fortune, riding the wave of ick stories on podcasts and the likes. You have online videos about icks e getting equally easy, quick hits and likes and websites absolutely love picking up the easy relatable content too these are all forms of 21st century validation that are ultimately empty but do carry currency with people so what this inspires is almost a snowball effect of others trying to copycat it it's impossible for example to have a conversation on the apps or date someone without it coming up at some stage and both of you having to list off your cursory list of icks i'm not even messing like i gave some of the examples from that exact kind of situation that isn't to say that every person dating these days is out to find icks in their matches, but it is a factor. It's this decade's version of when dating blogs became the trend years ago, and you found yourself on dates with people feeling like they were mentally writing the story in their head, rather than actually just being present and looking for a gen genuine human connection. And a large part of this is because most of the so-called dating advice that exists these days is absolute nonsense fed by the worst sources. Have you ever heard of attachment styles? If not, I could do a whole podcast on them, but they're fascinating. And if you've ever had any struggles in dating and you didn't understand, may have a lot of the answers for you. Look it up, seriously, learning about them and working through my own stuff in therapy totally changed my life and outlook. A quick crash course on attachment styles for those who don't know. Attachment theory is a legitimate study that started out examining different ways that children seek, give and receive love from their caregivers. In the 80s, researchers started be began studying if this could be applied to romantic relationships, which it turns out it can. The modern Bible for all things attachment is Attached, which is a 2010 book by Dr. Amir Levine and Rachel Heller. At a high level, how it works is that attachment theory posits that all of us are spread somewhere along a spectrum of attachment defined as secure, anxious, or avoidant. Secure people by default, as you're probably not surprised to hear, have mostly been raised in healthy, loving environments and have no issue accepting or providing love from others. Anxious people are constantly afraid that their partner will leave them, so are more inclined to be clingy, controlling, or jealous, whereas avoidance feel that relationships are actually a threat to their independence and are the type who evaporate out of thin air at the first sign of trouble, or even if things are going well, and constantly self-sabotage along the way. 
Of the three, for obvious reasons, avoidance are the most likely to be single, so make up the majority of the dating pool. This also has the effect that they end up being the loudest voices in the room when it comes to the likes of dating stories and advice, and you can actually see that influence in a lot of the tips that have become conventional wisdom today. For example, take the old conventional logic that when you're texting someone or you just meet them at the start, you should play it cool and, and you should never seem over eager in any way. For me, a healthy approach to dating will suggest that we shouldn't have to conceal if we're interested in someone. If they're the right person, your interest is going to be matched and you'll be open to communicating that openly, openly and safely for an experience that doesn't leave you up the walls waiting for them to reply to each text message or alternatively looking for excuses to run permanently. Playing it cool and trying to mask your eagerness is a voice that comes from a desire to protect yourself and never put yourself in a position to get rejected. It actively discourages open communication and suggests that making yourself vulnerable is a risk. It prioritizes your own feelings and independence above actually progressing the relationship and is a classic avoidant trait. Now let's take another look at X with all of that in mind. Do you think that the idea of small meaningless actions that cause you to want to run for the exit ultimately come from secure people who don't ask questions and give or receive love calmly and steadily? Do you think it comes from anxious people desperate to keep the relationship alive at all costs? Or do you think it comes from and is spread by avoiding people who live in relationships permanently with one foot out the door? And again, these conversations are fun. I do actually love talking with someone about their personal ick stories because they're usually hilarious. We should always, always, always question the source of those driving the conversations that ultimately influence some of the biggest decisions of your life. And look, if dating for singles in 2024 was at an all-time high and we'd normalize stuff like open, honest communication with partners about all issues, if we'd engaged in therapy and self-care to learn about our attachment styles and ensure that we're in the best place to mentally and emotionally facilitate relationships that add significant value and meaning to our lives, if we were staying faithful instead and not seeing couples resort to awful TikTok comedy regularly, then what harm would talking about X caused? But that's not the case, is it? If you haven't been single in a good while, ask your single friends who want to meet someone what it's actually like to date these days sometime. I'm willing to bet that they're going to paint a pretty fucking bleak picture of engagement with the apps being at an all-time low since they became the default option for singles. The old idea of meeting people in bars and at social events is now kind of frowned upon, so it's tougher than ever to just find someone to date to begin with. And then when you do, every single person who's actively dating has stories and not just of icks, but people behaving weird and transactionally in that environment as well that just kind of ruins things and puts them off. To back all this up, research has now shown that young people are having less sex in relationships than at any time in modern history since no sex before marriage was all the rage. And look, that's not all down to X. They're not the main thing there to blame, but they do play a huge part in the overall single mindset that has created this broken system. It might not be as fun, but how we discuss dating and relationship matters and sets the tone for how we then behave. Why, instead of normalizing what's wrong with people, don't we normalize highlighting what's right with them? If single people want to change their fortunes, why do we focus on red flags rather than green flags and promote in spotlight how to spot these green flags in action? Why don't we look for them more and give this kind of content to hits that inspire copycats that get picked up and spotlighted by the media and podcasts? Why is that not the content that we're all going crazy about? 
Instead, we're spending all of our time and energy talking about and focusing on what we don't want, which is not how we approach achieving any other type of goal ever. And all we've got to show for it is probably the worst dating landscape to be single in in recent history. So how about this, right? I'll throw this out there, open to discussion or alternative ideas. Here's what I'm saying. Start it today. Instead of saying something gave you the ick, start talking about what gave you the lick. As in, did they do something so attractive that it made you want to lick their face? And there you have it, guys. That's 12 rants in 12 days. To any of you insane people who spent so much time with me listening over the Christmas period, I hope you have a happy new year. And this time next year, you have much better things to do with your time. But in the meantime, it's really appreciated spending the time with me as I've really enjoyed making these and I hope you've enjoyed them too. Next time we're going to talk is going to be the return of season two of A New Look Page 180, where Dan Lynham is going to return as we'll break down the two new holiday Marvel offerings of the second season of What If?, plus uh, their limited series Echo as well. I can't wait to get back to it. And until then, tweet me things that gave you the lick. Thanks for listening to the 12 Rants of Christmas, guys. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your festive period.